Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 100 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. You've thought about it, but is now the time to start your own business? Well, we're going to be talking about venturing out and what you need to know before you go. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. All right, this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi, and we're we're celebrating because we made it to triple digits. That's right, with our studio audience that we have here. <laughs> yeah, our artificial paid <laughs> studio audience. <laughs> this is crazy. One hundred. What 100. do you know about that? Here, fist bump me, boom. man. Woo, boom. And I almost broke my mic. <laughs> <laughs> you almost broke your knuckles. Is what you almost broke. That's right, man of steel. Hey everyone, I'm Larry Gates, and I'm with. Armin Asadi. And we are your hosts for the Reinventory Podcast. If you can't tell, we're kind of happy to be at 100 episodes. When we started this, I don't think we envisioned getting to 100. So no. it's kind of fun. We're having a, a little bit of fun here. And this is the podcast for what's next in life. And kind of nice to break into triple digits. Good job. That's craziness. Yeah. You know, I was looking back over the show, just even I was preparing for this episode of a week or so ago. And I was... Sure. Just kind of looking back over the episodes that we've done, I feel good about that. I mean, I think we've put out a lot of good episodes. So. Yeah, we covered some deep we, stuff. Yeah, we did. And uh, who are we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the shows are like, you know, I, I could have done without them, but there are some episodes that are that were good and some that were deep, and I, yeah. I think uh, I think that's good. So yeah. I feel I feel pretty good about what we've done, and I hope that you as a listener have also enjoyed the show, and we'd certainly love to hear your responses, your reactions, what you've liked about Reinventure Me. We obviously want to keep improving the the show for your benefit, and so we'd love to hear from you about it. We did have someone, Michelle, at 85951. Yeah, it's very <laughs> specific, Michelle. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> we don't, but thank you for the review that you left on iTunes, and this is what she said. If you aren't in the exact spot you want to be in, or you need a little nudge to reinvigorate your passion or purpose, this is your podcast. Love listening. Well, I love getting those reviews on iTunes, and if you want to share a review of our show, this is the 100th episode, so why not? If yeah. you haven't done it yet, it'll be our 100th episode to, gift. Right. Go out to <laughs> reinventure.me slash iTunes and leave a review, just like Michelle did. Uh, you can leave a rating, but then you also leave a review where you can uh, type in your comments. But what I like about what Michelle said here is, boy, that's a pretty good description of our show, right? If you're right. not in the spot you want to be in or need a little nudge to reinvigorate your passion or purpose, the fact that she said that about our show really means I think we're meeting the mark because that's what I set out to try yep, to do. That's right. In fact, she wrote better copy than I did. <laughs> Michelle, so, you're Michelle, hired. Yeah, you're hired. <laughs> Let us know who you are. You've got a job writing copy for the Reinventure Me. You're podcast. better than us, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, I want to just say this. Uh, probably the last time we'll we'll make a mention of this, but I do have a workshop coming up in February. 
and it is the Bold Idea Workshop, and it's coming to Minneapolis, Denver, and San Francisco. You won't want to miss this. It's your opportunity to ignite, craft, and launch that bold idea that maybe God's put inside of you, and we'd love to have you be a part of that Friday night, Saturday experience. Go to boldideaworks.com, and if you use the promo code REINVENTURE, you can get some shekels saved off of your registration. <laughs> shekels. shekels. I'm doing that. I'm doing that for you. From back in the Middle Eastern days. Back in the middle. In. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well played. Well, I'm going to be at one of these, so I'm going to be excited. Well, not the bold idea, but strategic, strategic margin. margin. Yeah. I will be at that. It's yeah. about time. Yeah. Bold idea right. is next after the strategic <laughs> yeah. margin. All right. Yeah, good. Make my way. All right, so let's kick it off with Inspire Me. Let's do it. This time it's not by our friend Anani. He's actually got a name. It's <laughs> Maxwell Maltz. I love this quote. Here's what he said. He said, often the difference between a successful person and a failure is not one has better abilities or ideas, but the courage that one has to bet on one's ideas, to take a calculated risk, and to act. Mm. Boom. Oh, yeah. Drop that mic, Maxwell. Drop that mic. I love it. Well, and that's so fitting for today's show because we want to talk about venturing out. That's right. And you you and I have both done this. And there are a lot of people that have done this, and I don't think we're going to set ourselves up here as the experts on venturing, although this is something that I am making a living at. Yeah. But uh, I am an expert at what not to do when you venture. <laughs> well, and that's, I so, think, part of what we want to talk I, I about. That, you know, yeah. And we're not going to wrap everything up in one episode here, but what we hope we can do in this show is at least give you some ideas, that some things to think about. If you're considering going out on your own, venturing out, and starting a business, this is your show. And if you're doing that right now, maybe you'll find some encouragement and maybe some questions that you can ask even as you appraise what you're doing and how you're doing it. And uh, we want to invite right off the bat, we want to invite anybody who's in business on their own to chime in, share their examples and their stories, their their wisdom on our show page at reinventure.me slash one zero zero. Why is that? Because we're digits. in the triple digits. That's right. <laughs> started out zero zero one. Now we're at one zero zero. Well, you know, I started my business back in 1995. So celebrating 20 years of being on my own. I think I was in eighth grade. Yep. Can't throw that out. There. And <laughs> <laughs> good. Good move. Good move. Well, you know, I was looking for happiness. <laughs> As Anani said, I searched for the bluebird of happiness, but all I found was the chicken of despair. <laughs> I love that. Anani is anonymous if you haven't followed along about what we're talking about. Yeah, he's, he's, our, he's our other beloved quote hero. But, but, you know, I started my own business back in 1995. I left Cray. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was quite an adventure because I had no idea what I was doing. I did, you mentioned a minute ago, doing everything wrong. I know I did everything wrong, right? I didn't have really any contracts when I started. Perfect. I had a vague notion of what I was going to do. Vague, yeah. right? Um, I jumped into a partnership really early on, like within three months. Oh, good. Without really evaluating what that was all about. And I think I jumped into the partnership just because I didn't really know what I was doing. You know? <laughs> You're like, I need someone with me. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't as financially equipped as I needed to be sure. to, to take the risk. Yeah. I was filled with optimism, though, naturally, and determination. Yep, you sound and like I, an entrepreneur. Yeah, and, and I, all the all those ingredients, right, and perseverance, but not a lot of street smarts. Hey, 
<laughs> You'll learn along the way. <laughs> I, and I had quite a number of people at Cray that that asked if they could join me in my business. You know, I'd say, "Come on in. The sure. water's the water's warm." You know, <laughs> after I was in it for a little while, and you know, I'd say, "Come on in. The water's warm." Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, sharks live in yeah. warm waters. <laughs> yeah, make sure you don't have any bloody uh, legs. <laughs> I think it's really important to talk about the hard stuff of starting a new business. Yeah, it's very exciting, mm -hmm. and I will generally encourage people to start businesses because I have learned more about myself. I've learned more really about trusting God. I've learned more in terms of growing closer to Anna through this Yeah, and what's important to me by yeah. starting my own business. I don't think I would trade that for anything, yeah. even as tough as it was, you know, when we first started, but yeah. I don't it, think I've ever met anyone that's gone through an entrepreneurial venture that regardless of what kind of degree that they have from and regardless of what university they got their degree from that says they didn't learn more from an entrepreneurial venture than they ever did from school. Yeah. And, and even as, as steep as that learning is and as great as it is, and I think as much as I benefited from it, it doesn't come without pain, suffering, agony, right? Grief, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> Do you know there are 28 million small businesses in the U S Armin, and, and over 22 million are self-employed, meaning they're single-person businesses. Is it really like that? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, 543,000 new businesses get started every month. Now, this is all from a Forbes article. We'll put this article in the show notes. And approximately 75% of all U.S. businesses are what they call non-employer businesses, which means they're a solopreneur. Oh, I didn't know that. I totally thought the other way around. 75%. Oh, well, I was wrong. So, That's uncommon, huh? <laughs> so there's there's quite a bit there's quite a bit of momentum here, at least a lot of interest in people stepping out yeah. and starting their own business. And perhaps, you know, that's where you're at and in figuring out what you want to do and just asking, is this a good time to start a business? That's a big question. It is. <laughs> and, and generally, if you look at the economy, the economy's been good. We are in the seventh longest rece uh, recession, seventh longest <laughs> expansion in history, going all the way back to 1854. And credit availability is starting to improve for small businesses, and, and, and there's more funding options, Kickstarter, technology is easier to adopt and use. There's all kinds of good reasons to start a business now. Yeah, you can uh, get a lot of the necessities that you have for a business for free. Uh, you can. It's crazy. Yeah, and the ideas and the way businesses are formed and more than half, I think I read 54% of small businesses are home-based. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. I mean, they get well, then your house actually becomes tax deductible in some That's sense. another the advantage. <laughs> There's all sorts right. of reasons to do it that way. Why another wouldn't you? advantage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, if you can make an entrepreneurial venture work, I applaud you because it's, it's one of the best things you will ever do. It, it is. And I got to say, I encourage people to do it all day long. But I think there's some important questions that we have to be asking before we, we jump in and, and yeah. venture out. Yep. It's uh, starting out with, are you ready? Are yeah. you prepared? Yeah. So that's our question number one for you yeah. to think about. Are you prepared? And, and that comes in a number of ways. Are you mentally prepared? Mm -hmm. You know, and we talked way back in episode two about, you know, if is it time to give your job a shove, are you running from something or going to something? Yeah. That's kind of a fundamental question. Sure. Yeah. You know, if you're, w what is your motivational move there in terms of your mental preparation? Yeah. Are you throwing your middle finger up at your yeah. prior business or your like, index I'm going to show them how you know, it's done. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, emotionally. So that's mentally. Are you mentally prepared? Are you emotionally prepared? In other words, do you really know what you love doing? Yeah. Because you, 
as Robert Fritz has said, I think we've used his quote before, you must love something enough to see it exist. Mm. And this is something where if you don't have a love and a passion for it, it's going to be hard and you're going to give up on it. So why expend the energy to start up something that you don't love? Yeah, I would look at it this way. It is a birthing process. Oh, yeah, right. You are giving birth to something that will become your baby. So you better make sure this is something you want in your life (laughs) because you will emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically be attached to that thing because you're about to sacrifice to make that thing a reality. So you better enjoy it. That's good. Otherwise, abstinence is your best policy. Amen. Are you financially prepared? And this is one of the biggest failings I had. I wasn't financially prepared. My financial condition was decent. It wasn't good enough because I I found that the runway, it gets shorter and shorter (laughs) the longer you uh, run the plane down it. And uh, my optimism was such that I was kicking in with all kinds of, Mm. of success scenarios. Yeah. That, that take longer to achieve than you think. That's the crazy part. Yeah. Yes. Every every entrepreneurial venture always has sales cycles that take way longer than anyone imagines. I don't care if you're selling a service, a product, a widget, a platform of some sort. Sales cycles are always longer than you can possibly imagine. So your runway, it's never long enough. Yeah, and it's already you're 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 already maybe backing out right now, thinking yep. I shouldn't do this. Run, don't we're do gonna, it. We're gonna we're gonna still encourage you to start your own business, but we want you to think through these questions. Finally, on the preparation, are you relationally prepared? What's your support system? How does your family respond to it? And your friends? Do you have a rich uncle? I mean, that, <laughs> Those are the best support system. <laughs> Who's willing to write you checks? That, that would be good, right? <laughs> so, you know, do you have the relational support and structures that you need in place? If you're in in a marriage situation and it's already tense. And this is going to be one of those things that just adds to that tension. Then ask yourself where your values are, because yeah. that's probably where you need to attend to first. Yeah. On, on the family side of things, if you're married and your spouse is not ready for you to do this and is not on board for you to take this type of risk, just don't do it. It's bad timing. Right. It, it, you, no matter how much you think you're doing this on your own, and it doesn't affect the other person. How do I say this? You're wrong. And the other person is going to be just as involved if not more emotionally, everything, every challenge that you deal with, your spouse will probably emotionally deal with it more than you will. Well, we could put a whole episode together. I think we probably should about how to deal with our spouse with respect to our ventures. But yeah. I know that that's an area for me. When I started out, my mindset was this is my business. I don't need to talk to Anna about what's going on or yeah. ask her opinion about things. I did the same I'm thing. the only one that can figure this stuff out. Yep. And that is totally the wrong yeah, approach. Yeah, we totally to learned the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> we, we realized quickly, nope. <laughs> Honey, let me tell you everything I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's been my number one supporter and yeah. I would not be here without her. But okay, so we got to get on to question number two. Yeah. So, okay. Are you being intentional and strategic? Right. Because this is the opposite of something you always talk about. Yeah, that's being opportunistic. Mm-hmm. And you know you know a lot of people are mean, so do I, that, that are looking for business ideas, but they're primarily looking for business ideas that just can generate money fast. Yeah, what else would you do? Come on, Larry. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and opportunity doesn't equal calling. Yeah. Right? And, and it's always going to be fleeting, and you're always, it's going to be void of passion. So 
you might think, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to make all this money and it's going to be terrific. Mm -hmm. But if you don't love it enough back to seeing it exist, if it's not something you can stick with, it's going to be something fleeting. And what ends up happening is you're just going to be running in circles. Which is never fun. No. Because it gets tiring. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and then you just lose ground. I Mm -hmm. mean, you might as well have spent that energy investing in discovering what it is that would make you come alive, what it is that you have a passion for that can serve the world. We'll talk about that in a minute. In fact, we'll talk about that number now, now number three. <laughs> is there an alignment between you and your market? Right. Yep. And that's, well, sorry, go ahead. You, you nope. can, I'll chime in. Okay. So alignment between you and your market. So one of the first things you want to talk about is your passion. What do you love? Right. So ra- why are we not talking about, is this the biggest opportunity for you to make the most amount of money? It seems like it's a logical thing, but most people will actually pursue the money before their passion. Yes. And the reason that's actually more illogical, think about it this way. I can show a lot of people how to make a lot of money off selling, well, drugs, (laughs) building an illegal casino. Right. And I promise you seven figures. I promise you seven figures. Does that make it a logical move? Mm -hmm. Does that make it the right move? Does that sound like something you want to be involved in? Obviously not. So... If money is the center of what you're doing, then why not just do whatever it takes, right? So that's why we're saying first thing you want to look at between you and your market is what's your passion? What do you love? Because that's the type of thing that you're going to pursue that even when things come against you, you'll still keep moving forward with. Yeah. It. And people aren't going to buy something from you, generally speaking, unless you have that. I yeah. mean, that people light up around your passion. Right. You know, yeah, they don't I mean, want to be bored listening to you talk about <laughs> your something you're business. bored with. Yeah, like what? I don't <laughs> want to do this. Yeah. So now you not only need the passion, you need skills. Obviously, you, know, you have to be yes. good at something and yeah. you have to be willing to. Here's the thing about skills. You don't need to necessarily be the best. You don't even need to be an expert. No, you just need to be better than your market needs. Yes. Or just talk about it really well. Which brings the next thing. So you need an alignment between your passion, your skills, the market needs, so that there is a need in the market, and finally, your needs. So in other words, find something that you can deliver, that you would feel good about, that would use your skills, that would meet a market need, and also has a way of bringing economic need to you. It seems like it's such a simple thing, but often overlooked. I mean, the people that I see going into business for themselves just overlook that. It's true. And and the idea of the market need. So I, I just want to quickly touch on that. Mm-hmm. It is disturbing the number of people I watch go after an entrepreneurial venture without actually knowing whether or not there is a demand for it. Yes. They make a decision because they think the software they created, the widget they created, or the service that they have is something that everyone wants, or because their mom, dad, brother, and good friend told them, oh, that's great. I'd use it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go to the people that you think would be your end user or your end customer and ask them to quite, or just just tell them, here's what I'm building, and then ask them, would you use this or would you buy this? And if they say no, you have a good idea. Maybe even propose it a different way. Say, if I gave this to you for free, would you use it? Mm-hmm. And shockingly, you'd be surprised how many people would still say no. Yeah. Or, you know, would you give it to your friend? To use, yeah. You know? Well, you led right into the next question, which is, do you have a mindset of a learner? Because oh, that's geez. really... Yeah. That's the question. You never stop learning. You never stop learning. And we talked about this back in episode six, how to be a better beginner. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about business. When you start out with your business, the likelihood of you getting it the first time is remote. Yeah. In fact, 70% of businesses are not pursuing the mission that they were founded to pursue. That's right. They've changed it. 
And if you don't have this continual learning kind of mindset where you're willing to go out and get the feedback, Mm -hmm. if you think you've got it all figured out and it's all wired and all you need to do is put it out there, then you're probably going to hit a wall somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Uh, yeah, it's totally true. And and here's the thing about especially if you're coming out of say like a corporate setting or business setting where you're you're an employee doing a very specific task, a lot of times when you're coming out of a employee mode, you have a very specific task that you're assigned to. It's a, it's a very repetitive whether you're doing operations, marketing, sales, right? You launch your own business, you instantly become the jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to do That's your right. own accounting, your own P&L, you have to do your own marketing, your own sales, your own operations whatever, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. You become a learner quick. Yeah, you have to be. And we're going to talk in the next question about how how you can deal with some of that because you can't be expert at everything, but you do have to be insatiable to get input. And I like to think about it as putting on the role of an explorer. You know, when you think about an explorer, explorer always goes out and is asking, what can I take away from this? You know, scouting. And like Mm -hmm. you said, going out and testing ideas. So think of yourself as a scientist taking hypotheses and testing them or an explorer going out and trying to find new lands. But if you see yourself in that role, rather than being defensive about your idea, Mm -hmm. but being receptive to new ideas, because that's what's going to give shape to it and color to it. And that's going to help you really do what you need to do. You've got to put on that mindset of a learner. That's right. You know, the other part of that is... You've got to be perseverant, but you've got to be willing to quit, you know, and that is also part of learning and, and understanding that I, it's rare that I meet someone who is well balanced in that there's all, there's either people like me who literally don't know how to stop. And we need people like a Larry Gates to say, I mean, stop being an idiot (laughs) or, or there's people who are so easy to quit that it it just, it doesn't take much before they quit. And then you're, you become the three feet from gold guy. Well, we have such a high value around perseverance that we think that we have to just knock something right. I think we did talk about this at one time about, you know, whether you're obstinate or perseverant and the difference between that. But, you know, here's the idea. We want to be married to your purpose, but you want to hold your approach with a light, delicate touch. Yes. Because that there might be a better approach. Yes. And if you marry yourself just to your approach and you think that this is the thing to do, then you're not taking on the attitude of a learner. And and learners quit. Mm-hmm. They quit doing the things that don't work. Sure, they yeah. find things that do. Yeah. But that's because they're always looking for input and they're evaluating it. That's right. Yeah. So keep that. Number five, talk about that. Yeah. So number five question is this, is do you embrace others in your venture? So, I mean, related to learner mindset is your willingness to share your venture with others. But are you willing to, I don't know, bring others into the team with you? Maybe build a, you know, so it's not us. You're not, you no longer a solopreneur. Maybe you have a co-founder right. or multiple co-founders like I did. Um, are, are you willing to even bring other people along with you in terms of having a mentor I, I would never do anything without a mentor. Yeah, well, there's two ways to, I think, I look at it. You can get the help that you should have in your venture, either formally through partners. That's mm-hmm. what I did early on. I sure. embraced a partner. I had no idea about yeah. how to select a partner. You know, we spent a lot of time yeah. talking and all the rest, but I mean, I kept hearing from people, partnerships are tough. Yeah. And I, what I would say is, Partnerships are tough. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. You know, they are because your expectations and theirs and the skill sets and just getting alignment is really, really hard. But so that's a formal way to involve people in your ventures or an informal way would be through subcontractors or through your network, Mm -hmm. finding ways to get reciprocate 
things. I'll do this for you. Can you do this for me? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll write copy for you. Can you do website for me? You know, that sort of stuff, you know, <laughs> there's all kinds of ways you can barter just to even keep some of that down. Or even as you said, I mean, getting mentors to just introduce you to people, test your ideas, mm -hmm. bounce ideas off of, especially for like you and I, where we're kind of verbal processors, having somebody oh gosh, who's yeah. knowledgeable enough to understand what we're saying and ask a question. Even yeah. though they may not know everything about what we're talking about in terms yeah. of the subject area, they at least know enough about business. They can ask if we've thought about X, Y, Z, which helps shape our thinking. Yeah, I, I think it's so crucial to find someone that's already done it, you know, because it's someone who's already done it is different than, say, your wife or husband. And that's the only person that you're bouncing your ideas off of if they've never been there, you know. And if you're smart about it, you'll find someone in your own industry that's done something very similar to what you're doing because then the advice and the input that you're getting is going to be very, very specific to what you need. You know, one of the things I find a lot, especially with young entrepreneurs, people who are starting out on their own and, and they have this idea and I would get courted a lot to try to help people shape, give shape to their ideas. But one of the things that I've always found kind of funny is how protective people can be with their idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they don't want to share their idea with me unless I sign a non-disclosure agreement. Oh my and I was just like, well, if you that. can't explain the concept without me signing an NDA, yeah. then, um, you know. Yeah, as if you've become a venture coach, so you can grab people's ideas like, Haha, I'm running with it, sucker, running, I'm well, gone. Well, I think there's a certain paranoia that people have that it if is. they share their idea, somebody's going to go steal it and then it's they're going to be out. Yeah, it is this crazy. wonderful idea, which to me is self destructive it is it's not self it's it's not protective it's destructive and it really doesn't recognize the fact that hey if you have an idea and you're passionate about the idea you're a hundred times more likely to make that idea work yes than the guy that might have heard the idea and is just being opportunistic oh i want to steal that idea because it's good yeah and and, I, and i'm not even against ndas I, I i think i sign an nda at least once or twice a week i with do too clinics. but it, don't be so quick to propose an NDA before you've even had a conversation. You yeah. know, it's like let the other person at least get well, a feeling. Try to it. understand what it is you're protecting. Yeah. And uh, because some of the things that people try to protect are just, uh, you know, doesn't even make sense. But it's really the question of lower the barriers for people to help you in your business. That's the point of this. Yes. Yes. And we talked a lot about getting great feedback back in episode 30. We talked about how to network back in episode 16. We talked about apprenticeship and the need to have an apprentice yeah. in episode seven and eight. All those shows that we've done really are there to get people involved in your venture. That's right. And if you don't have the mindset of saying, I'm going to embrace people to be part of this, even if there's some risk, mm -hmm. I think you'll lose out. I think the risk of somebody taking your idea and running with it is far less than what you lose by being protective about it. That's right. And so there, there is a Harvard psychologist who is a professor at the at Harvard University. Her name is Amy Cuddy, and she wrote the book Presence. Um, she says every person will quickly answer two questions when they first meet you. So you can use this in terms of networking, finding mentors, sales, whatever you want to think about. Mm -hmm. So if you're the pull the trigger on the NDA happy guy, yeah. Um, here's the two things they're going to ask. Uh, people are asking. It's not about how competent or capable or how great your idea is. They ask these two questions. Can I trust this yeah. person? And yeah. can I respect this person? Yeah. And if immediately the statement that you're making is, before I even give you my idea, before I even really know who you are, sign this NDA because I don't trust you. Yeah. You've already killed 
a potential opportunity right. before it became one right. because you're paranoid. Right. Exactly. Why? Exactly. So on to number six. Yeah. So are you willing to sell? <laughs> and, uh, and we don't mean are you willing to sell your business because that's usually a good idea. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe. But, <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe not, not for all cases. Nope. But um, are you willing to sell in the sense that are you ready to be a salesperson? You know, are you willing to promote yourself? Are you willing to be the sales arm and the sales division of your business? Because one thing you can't do is launch a business and nobody's willing to sell it. And if you're a solopreneur, it's just you, yourself, and you. You have no one else to sell for you. You have to be able to go out there and sell and you have to be able to promote yourself. Um, even if you're standing in front of someone who is not a potential client, you still have to promote yourself in the sense that says, you can trust me, I'm reliable, I'm dang good at what I do. So if they run across someone that needs your service or your product, they'll actually recommend you. Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. And if the idea of you being a salesperson causes you to cringe and you just go, I, I can't do that, that's like a bad yeah. thing. If that If that's your view of it then you probably shouldn't go into business because yeah. the whole idea of business is to sell your idea. Yeah. And you have to sell your idea to get a team to mm -hmm. join you. You got to sell it, as you said, to obviously to bring income. Mm -hmm. And if you don't love your idea enough, yeah. then, then how can you sell it? I mean, you've right. got to believe in your idea, in the thing that you're marketing, that the world can benefit from it. And that's really what a good salesperson does is find the right person that can benefit from the product or service that you're offering. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, not only honorable profession, but right. needed profession. Oh yeah. This world revolves around it. And, and back to the networking thing, even if you don't like selling, at least if you love the idea enough where you can just say, this is my idea and vision cast it and get someone to be a part of your team that loves to sell, you've already done it. And if, if anything, think about this, check out episode 44 and listen to that episode. It's all about the art of self-promotion. Yeah, that was a good show. I yeah. enjoyed it. If I remember that one, I think that was one of the ones yeah. I was pretty happy about. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what's the last question? Well, okay, so the last one is, do you have the three C's? And what are the they? three C's are calling, like, I got to do this. This is the thing that I've been wired to do. And and because and, that gives you the perseverance to continue when climbing that mountain is hard, when the oxygen is running out and all you can do is one step in front of the other. If you don't have a calling, you're not going to continue in it when it yes. gets hard. So you got to have that. That's right. Second C is competence, right? You, you I mentioned before, you have to have expertise and it doesn't need to be more than anybody else in the planet. Right. You know, forget all that purple cow stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all for differentiation. Yeah. But you do not have to be the road scholar, top of right. the heap person here. Yeah. You just need to provide more value than the market who's buying your services from. That's right. And so, frankly, for many people, that's a very low bar. If you're doing the thing <laughs> that you're passionate about, then you already probably de facto have more expertise in that area just because, true. Of, because of the love that you have for it. That's right. So you'll already know more. So competence is important. And then finally, confidence. Yeah. And I think this is one of the hardest ones to have is that confidence. That if you don't believe in yourself, it's mm -hmm. really going to be hard to convince other people to mm -hmm. believe in you. That's right. Confidence is crucial. You're going to get rejected. You know, and you might even get abandoned and you still have to have the confidence and the perseverance to keep going. Yeah. And it's a key thing. You can't lose sight of that, of who you are. And if you have a good identity and who you are and what you're capable of and you can keep that confidence up, you can keep going. Right. Well, are you going to be one of the 22 million businesses that are started and self-employed and maybe one of the 543 new businesses that get started every month? Here are the seven questions. Are you prepared 
Are you being intentional? Is there an alignment between you and the market? Do you have the mindset of a learner? Do you embrace others in your venture? Are you willing to sell? And do you have the three C's of calling competence and confidence? Yes. So those are the assessment questions we would tee up for you when Mm -hmm. you're thinking about venturing out on your own. But now we probably should turn to a challenge. Yeah. So before I even challenge you, here's what I would say. When you get towards the end of life, you will never look back and regret the things that you did. You will always regret the things that you didn't do. That's right. Because you're always going to wonder, should I have, what would it look like? Anyway, so here's what we want to challenge you. If you're considering venturing out, We want you to use these questions to write or journal your responses and be honest with yourself. And this is a Larry Gates famed quote now. (laughs) Self-deception is self-destruction. So be honest with yourself. And I know this is a really big challenge, but if you're about to venture out on your own, that in itself is a massive challenge. This is a big undertaking. So the, the, the challenge that we're listing here is big and it's got all these questions. It's because it needs to match the challenge that you're about to face. And just again, remember self-deception is self-destruction. So be real, be honest and help yourself. All right. Good. Well, I want to thank you for being a part of our hundredth anniversary, hundredth anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way it is. Yeah. Our hundredth show. We just really want to thank you for that. And we would invite you to leave a question or comment on the show notes at reinventure.me slash 100. We do want to hear from you or leave us a voice message on our line at 612-314-5447. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe to receive our show notes by email at reinventure.me. And this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. Saying so long. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. 